0: grace to you in peace from God the Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So that was a great hymn. I'm going to change the mood and the mode a little bit here. I'm going to show you a clip of a song that we do sometimes here, I haven't done it for a long time, but it's a song by Matthew West. It's called, Hello, My Name Is, and he's going to sing a couple of, of names and a couple of lies that we hear in our lives, and not only does he sing a couple, but there are some that come up on the board that you can read while he's doing it. I'm going to show you about a minute of this, so take a look at this real quick. It's a great song. Hello, my name is Ray. These are the voices, these are the lies, and I believe them for the very last time. The key word being, I have believed them. The lies we believe, right? Matthew West sang about, like I said, then there's a lot of them that just kind of scroll by that we can read along the way. And um, that's just the first few lines of the song. He goes on and he's got another list of names and, and lies that we hear. And as we listen to those lies in our lives and that are getting told to us, we relate them back to our own lives. We start to believe them. Now, this is, believe it or not, the fifth segment of our series here that we're calling Identity. And we got this really cool slide to go with it, right? Just a quick way of review about the word identity, right? Your identity can be broken down into two segments, the way that we're handling it, the way we're talking about it. You may you look at it in the dictionary, you might think about it a little bit differently, but like I said, Lombardi said, repetition is the key to success. So this is how I want you to think. When you hear the word identity, I want you to think of two things. Number one is what you believe about yourself. That's your identity, what you believe about yourself. Closely related, yet co- a very distant cousin is who you believe you are. Who you believe you are. And now I've pointed out that those are both important because um, in this series, each week in this series, we talk about who you believe you are will dictate your actions and will dictate your, um, the way you go, the, your destination, right? The, it dictates your reality, where you function and how you function. And if your decisions then, if your actions, your decisions are based on a lie, then we don't get the results that we want and you end up living a reality that you didn't mean to be in in the first place. There's a guy by the name of Dr. Chris Thurman. He wrote a book, and I got a picture of it the cover here. He calls it The Lies We Believe the lies we believe and not only does he talk about certain lies that we believe but he he goes into why we believe a lie something we know is a lie but why do we believe it he said uh, he goes into detail about uh, about lies presented in our life why we choose to believe them he points out that the more times a lie is repeated the more likely a person is to believe it the more times a lie is repeated the more likely a person is to believe it and this is da- a dangerous concept because if we we live who we believe we are, right? That's a part of identity. We live who we believe we are. So then, when those lies that we're hearing are about ourselves, it causes us to live a lie, it causes us to live out uh, what we're calling this message is all about a mistaken identity, right? It makes us live in an identity that was a mistake. And we ended up in a place where we didn't intend to be because we started following lies, we started believing lies, we started living into those lies. And it's literally like living out a script of a one-act play that wasn't written for you. Right? You end up playing a part that you didn't intend to play. Sometimes these things are intentional in our lives. You know, consider like an athlete who has to play out of a position for a while. You know, and it's, uh, it, it looks familiar, but yet it's a foreign concept. You know, I saw a game one time where a wide receiver had to go play defensive back. Now, he's familiar with the term, he's familiar with it, but it's a foreign concept, right? It might be recognizable, but it somehow disorients us a little bit, and it gets downright confusing. So here's the deal, here's what I want you to take out. This is what I want you to hear about this morning. If we believe a lie about ourselves then by definition, right, the definition we've outlined for this series, if we truly believe who we are, then we're believing a lie, then we're living out a lie, or we're living out of a lie. The reality that we've created is a lie. Because again, by definition, I want you to understand this, and maybe if you haven't written this down yet, I want you to get this concept. I want you to say it, I live who I believe I am. I think we got a slide on that. Say that with me. I believe, I'm sorry, I live who I believe I am. That dictates our actions. That dictates our decisions, who we believe we are. And again, that in all of that added up creates our reality, the reality that we live in. And these negative realities are born out of a word that I want you to consider this morning, I want you to think about, and I want you to, uh, to kind of digest. Not identity but a lie identity. Right? When we start to follow lies, we start to believe lies, we start to live not our identity, we live a lie identity. Because it's, again, maybe for somebody else and maybe not for somebody else, but certainly whatever, it's not intended for us. It's not who we are, it's not who God intended us to be. So we live out of that lie identity. When we believe those lies, we start to live out those lies. We start living that lie-identity. And again, you end up in a reality that you didn't want to be in. You never intended to be there, but yet here we are. Why? Because we didn't believe what God said. We started believing what the world said. We started to believe some of the things that were going on in the world and in our minds. Now, believe it or not, the Bible is chock full of examples of people living out a lie-identity. All right? or living a lie identity again your identity is what you believe about yourself who you believe you are what you believe about yourself and then living that out becomes your reality And when it's based on a lie, it's not an identity, it becomes your lie-identity. And again, several examples of people living that and embracing a lie-identity, living um, as something else, something that falls short of the reality that they were meant to live in, the one that God intended for us when he created us. And through this series, I've been using as much scripture as possible um, using one gospel for the reading here, and then we, I talk about a different one. I don't even know if you guys have noticed it. Usually we have a reading, then we talk about that reading. But, uh, you know, there's so much I want to cover here. Even though we're in the fifth week of it, I've still got so much scripture that I want to get through that I'm going to talk about something else than what we read this morning. For example, last week we talked br- uh, briefly about Peter, how Jesus changed his name from Simon to Peter, or Petros in the, in the Greek, right? I'll look back, uh, just a quick review, look back at John 1, 42. It says, then Andrew, that's Peter's brother, brought Simon, that's Peter, to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Kephas, which means Peter, right? And look at how Jesus first identifies Peter, right? Son of John, right? Simon, son of John, that's his identity, that's our identity a lot of times, and that's definitely in the Hebrew culture. He says Simon, which Simon, Simon, is, is actually Hebrew. That makes sense, I guess. And it means, um, it means to hear, to listen. Uh, and by extension, it means to obey, having heard and obeyed, which is kind of interesting when you think about it when we stack up what we know about Peter, but that's maybe for another time. And another. His... His name, then uh, Jesus says, your name will be Kephas. Kephas is actually Aramaic, which again is interesting just for the moment, but we'll talk about that. Somebody make a note of that. We'll talk about that later on. It means, uh, Kephas means rock, and we know that, right? But it also means, since it's Aramaic, we go beyond the Greek meaning, it means rock, but it also means, now we're talking about Peter here, right? It also means his name, the name that Jesus gave him, Kephas, means to bend means to bow, to be reverent. Petras, of course, Greek, of course, means rock or stone. But if we look at, and that's why he says it in Aramaic, right? Because it has a deeper meaning, it has a deeper understanding, to bow, to bend, to know. So we looked at this early meeting um, between Jesus and Peter, uh, but there's another moment in, in Peter's life that's even more defining than this one. Right? If we look at Luke 5... Um, Luke 5 um, this is Jesus teaching right Jesus is out he he pushes out onto a boat out on the Sea of Galilee so that so that um, you know he can see more people more people can see him and you know how better your voice travels over water so that's why he'd push out in a boat it was almost like a little stage out there on the water so he pushes out on the boat and he teaches and he gets done teaching now and there's a couple boats here and he says hey fellas why don't you um, why don't you guys go catch us some fish. And Peter says, uh, you know, Master, he says, this, we pick up in verse 5. Uh, we worked hard, where are we, all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, or since you say so, I'll let down my nets again. Verse 6, and this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. Verse 7, a shout for help brought their partners. That would be James and John, of course, in Zebedee's boat, right in the other boat. Soon those both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. All right, now. Peter's about to reveal his identity to us. And unless we're thinking on this level, we don't see it. We would just zip right past it, right? Peter's about to lay out who he believes he is. Verse 8. Look at how it says Simon Peter, right? A minute ago in verse 5, it just said Simon. Here, verse 8. Simon Peter realized what had happened. Fell to his knees What does Peter mean? means to bow. He fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Stated his his identity right there, what he believed about himself, which, you know, we have two sides of this now. Absolutely true. I am such a sinful man. Uh, We should all be saying that. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, that we should say that, absolutely. He knows that he's in need of a Savior, Right? So he's got the key to identity, like we talked about last week, the fact that he realizes he's a sinner in need of a savior. Where he falls short in his identity, where that identity starts to creep in a lie, is that he feels he doesn't deserve to have Jesus around, or feels on a level that Jesus doesn't want to have him around. You made a mistake, you don't know who you're talking to, you don't know how bad I have it and how bad I am, you really don't want anything to do with this, is what Peter's saying to Jesus. And that's exactly the opposite of what Jesus says. He says, bring that mess to me. You know, bring that stinky gym bag full of it, and we'll unzip it and dump it out. We will sort it, and we will deal with it, and we're going to clean it up. Right? Often people live into that lie, identity, a feeling they need to perfect themselves before Jesus will accept them. Jesus says, don't even bother. Just bring it. What do you got? That's Peter. Now Peter wasn't the only disciple or the only person in the Bible, and like I said, the Bible is chock full of examples, just like that. Right? People living under a mistaken identity. And your identity is you believe who, or who you believe you are. I'd like to present to you this morning this guy named Levi, Levi. Levi was living under a mistaken identity in the form of a tax collector in the city of Capernaum. Capernaum just north has got the Sea of Galilee here. Capernaum is just north of the Sea. It's very close to Nazareth, right? And it's the area that Jesus was around a lot. Being a tax collector, I'm assuming I don't have to go into detail about that, about how he was a social outcast and wanted anything to do with him, be considered unclean. Right? But Jesus said, let's deal with this mess now. Because you're living a lie. You're living a mistaken identity. That's not the identity that I have intended for you. That's what Jesus says to Levi. Look at Luke 5, 27. This happens a couple times. We're going to look at it a couple times. So later as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. Calling him out of that mistaken identity, that lie identity. So that's in Luke. But now let's hear it from Levi himself, who we know better as Matthew himself. Matthew 9.9 says this. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew. Matthew doesn't want to write Levi. Luke wrote Levi, right? Mark writes Levi. Matthew writes Matthew. He's like, this is who I am now. That's who I was. This is who I am now. Matthew says, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. And just like Peter, formerly known as Simon, Levi has his name changed to Matthew. Levi, Hebrew, means to be joined to something, join yourself to something. Matthew, however, means gift of Jehovah, Jehovah, or gift of God, gift of Christ. And from Jesus, that gift just keeps on giving and giving and giving. And it looks like the first gift Jesus gave Levi was a new name and a new identity. A new name and a new identity. Maybe I should say that backwards, a new identity and a new name to go with that identity. Because think about it, again, I don't want to get into this too deep or too heavy, but um, tax collectors were obviously despised. I mean, that's kind of keeping it family friendly to say that they were despised. They were considered traitors, you know, sold out to the enemy, to the Romans. Not only were they considered thieves, but, you know, you you better believe that um, tax collectors would hear all these things. You know, those names that Matthew West sings about? Matthew heard them all. People walking by, just throwing it out there at him, right? right, And hearing it on a regular basis. And what did I say about lies? The more we hear them, the more likely we are to believe them. And maybe Matthew started to believe some of this stuff about himself. And not only his countrymen, as we would say it, but probably friends and family members. I mean, I stress Capernaum because Capernaum at that time of Jesus only had a 1,000 people in it. That I mean, might sound like a lot, but that's not very many people. You can know a thousand people, right? Think about Oconto Falls. What, are we three times the size of that? Think about all the people that you know in this area, right? So I'm sure, stand on solid ground on this. Matthew heard those names, all those names we heard at the beginning and then some, right? On a regular basis. And again, I say, probably started believing some of those lies. And Matthew, Levi, started living a real life lie identity. Living with the fact that people that came in close contact with him would be considered unclean. And then, huh. how is it the Mercy Me says it like a hero that takes a stage? <clears throat> can't even do it. I'm not looking at you. (laughs) Like a hero that takes a stage when we're on the edge of our seat saying it's too late. Jesus shows up out of nowhere, points at Levi and says, stop living a lie and start living for me. And in one of the biggest plot twists of all time, Matthew gets up from his table, leaves everything sitting at that table, including the name Levi. Opens his heart. Are you hearing me? Opens his heart to Jesus and follows him. I say plot twist because that would not have been an easy decision for anyone to make. Leave untold riches sitting there on the table. What do we leave sitting there? What are we clinging to when Jesus says, come follow me? And we're like, no thanks. I'm good. Matthew's old identity, who he believed he was, what he believed. But I'll tell you the truth. You know, the Bible isn't a fairy tale. The Bible is real life examples of people who actually lived. Skin, bones, blood, dirt, mud, sweat son. It's not a fairy tale. It's about real life battles and decisions. It's about real life battles and decisions. Because the truth is not everybody who was called by Jesus answered the call the way Peter and Matthew did. That's why I call it a plot twist. You don't see this coming, right? Leave your old mistaken identity behind. Matthew left a table full of silver and gold. Peter left a fortune in fish. In two boats walked away from it. Zebedee yelling at him, get back here and help me with this stuff. To leave your old mistaken identity behind and step into a new one, right? Not everybody does that. Like I said, the Bible isn't a fairy tale. It's not all good at the end, you know, happily ever after. Once upon a time, there was once a young fellow who we'll call, look at this, I got it up here, the rich young ruler, Right? By the way, this is not a parable of the rich young ruler. This happened. Jesus had this encounter with this young man whose name we don't know because you know what? He didn't get a new name, right? This rich young ruler was living a lie identity. Mistakenly put his identity in worldly things because it was convenient, it was working, possessions. Jesus said to him at the end of this conversation, he said, leave it all and come follow me. Matthew, left it all, come follow Peter, left it all, come follow me. And maybe if he did, maybe we'd know his name, but we don't know his name. Mark puts it like this in Mark 10. At this, the man's face, that's all we got. The man's face fell when Jesus said, drop everything, leave everything, and come follow me. His face fell and he went away sad. This is the NLT. He went away sad for he had many possessions. I searched really hard to find a better um, translation for that word sad. I don't have it highlighted here. But that word sad means the sky is darkened. Right? And it means he absolutely hated the idea. This makes it seem like, oh, he was a little sore. No, he, he hated the idea. It's like, there's no way I'm doing that. Which you would guess from a guy like Matthew, sitting over there at a table full of silver and gold. Jesus said to this man... Leave it all, and this one said, thanks, but no thanks, I'm good. Like I said, Peter walked away from a fortune and fished, two boat of fish that are sinking, they've got so much fish in them. Right? They're going to be set for a long time with that catch on that one day, and that one catch. Matthew walks away from these stacks of gold and silver, because at that moment of truth, that's what it was. At that moment of truth, right? They decided to stop living a lie. They started decided to stop living that mistaken identity. Some of those lies are in the lyrics of that song that Matthew West wrote that we heard at the top of the message here. So the question now is, after all of that, right? The question now is what about you? What about you? How would you define your your lie identity, or your mistaken identity? What are you putting your identity in? Who do you believe you are? Right. And what reality is that creating? How many of those lies are we actually believing right now because i heard them so many times? Here's the thing about those lies though. Some of those lies might be negative, That's what we think, right? That's what Matthew's West song song says. All of them are negative. But you ever thought about some of those lies might be rather complimentary? The schemes of the devil can make you feel like you're the best of the best. Top of the heap. you got nothing to worry about. you got it all taken care of. Because the other thing in that book about about lies I was telling you about, the easiest lies to believe are the ones that we want to hear. If we want to hear something, and somebody tells it, we're going to believe it. You don't even have to repeat it. Got it, I believe it. That's what I wanted to hear about that person, about that situation, about me, whatever, I'll believe it. And so when we believe that lie about ourselves, right, we start to live out that lie. When we believe that lie about ourselves, we start to live out that lie. And when you do that, you're a walking example of mistaken identity. And you will end up in a reality that you didn't want to end up in. You will end up in a reality that you didn't want to end up in. And there's times when everybody's in that spot, that tight spot. (laughs) But then, Like a hero that takes the stage. right? When we're on the edge of our seat, it's saying, it's too late. It's not too late. Enter Jesus, who invites you to leave it all behind and turn your eyes towards the prize, the prize of eternal life that he has in his hand, holding out for you. And like I said, several examples in the Bible, but they all have this common theme. And this is what Jesus is saying to you right now. He's saying three words. Come, follow me. Amen? Amen. Let's please stand.